Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast. Each week, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency, taxation, and blockchain technology. Our guests all have a unique perspective or expertise on these topics. Today, we are speaking with Andrew Gordon. Andrew is a tax attorney with expertise on the often complex intersection of foreign transaction reporting and cryptocurrency. Andrew, thanks for being here today. Hey, Sal. Thanks for having me. No problem. So can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got started with crypto? Sure. So uh, again, my name is Andrew Gordon, and I'm actually an attorney and a CPA. Uh, but don't worry, I, I use these powers for good, or I try <laughs> to at least. Um, and so my background is actually mainly in tax controversies. And so what I mean by that is we represent people in tax issues with the IRS. So audits, criminal investigations, they owe the IRS money, whatever it may be, um, we practice heavily in that area. Um, but we also do a good deal of compliance as well, so just general tax reporting. And so as being part of uh, that practice area, actually several years ago, five years ago, uh, in 2014, uh, we had a client approach us who was getting paid magic internet money uh, from the Ethereum Foundation. And back then, the IRS didn't release any guidance. Uh, it wasn't until later in 2014 that the IRS even defined crypto as property. And so back then, that was our first introduction, and we were kind of presented the question of, well, if I'm getting paid these random these tokens called uh, Ethereum, how do we account for this? Um, and that was our first entrance into the space. And since then, we've represented clients uh, in different cryptocurrency matters. 2014, that's a good amount of time ago in the crypto space. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of people still to this day think, you know, oh, uh, is crypto even reportable or the IRS hasn't issued guidance? But in fact, it was, it was years ago, it was 20, in 2014, that uh, the IRS even uh, defined crypto as property. So it's been some time. Yeah. No, I mean, I've mentioned this uh, multiple times on previous podcasts, but there are always going to be those people that say that you don't have to pay taxes uh, and that, you know, crypto is not about taxation, but the reality is you have to pay taxes on cryptocurrencies and you know, that's not going to change anytime soon, but yeah, today you're going to talk to us about something that is a little bit more confusing when it comes to taxation and that is foreign account reporting. So that would be the FBAR and the FATCA forms. So can you talk a little bit about what the FBAR and what the FATCA forms are? Yeah. So uh, FBAR, let's start there. F-B-A-R, uh, my favorite four-letter word. Um, <laughs> it stands for uh, Foreign Bank Account Report. Uh, this is a form that the IRS is in charge of enforcement for, or the Department of Treasury is rather, but isn't actually filed with your tax return. It's a separate form. It's filed online electronically. Um, it has the same due dates as your tax return. So April 15th, and it can be extended uh, six months to October 15th. So same due dates, but it's filed differently, still sent to the Department of Treasury. It's a separate form. And on the FBAR form, uh, what taxpayers have to do is they have to identify the maximum value at any time during the tax year of their foreign bank accounts. Um, so uh, if you had a bank account in Switzerland, a bank account in India, wherever it may be, if that value at any time exceeded $10,000, and that's the key threshold there for the FBAR, uh, that you have to report. Um, and, and so the FBAR is an informational form, which means that there's no tax that's actually owed. It's just telling the IRS, uh, hey, I have a foreign account. 
um, that has or had in the tax year this amount in maximum U.S. dollars during the year. Um, and so while I'm generally talking about foreign accounts, there then lays the question of, well, how does this apply to crypto, uh, which we're here to talk about today? Can you list some of the exchanges that would be considered uh, foreign entities and you know that you would have to report the holdings of those exchanges? Yeah. So um, and, and it's unfortunately not that easy because a lot of exchanges don't even make their address public or uh, it, it's pretty hard to find. And so sometimes even just as a starting point, you know, I would list out all of the exchanges that you've used and try to even Google and find their addresses. But mm -hmm. there's a couple that we know at this point. And the most popular is Binance, um, which they have a couple different locations. They're all outside the U.S., um, but typically we uh, we refer to them as being located in Hong Kong. And so Binance is probably the largest. Mm -hmm. Historically, Bitfinex, and actually Bitfinex is an interesting one. Uh, Bitfinex in 2018 uh, informed their users that they may be turning over uh, the information on their users to uh, the tax authorities, specifically the, the British government who then have an information sharing agreement with the United States. So many people suspect that Bitfinex has kind of self-reported themselves as a foreign financial institution and their information is being shared uh, with taxing authorities. So Bitfinex, uh, I believe last year also restricted access to US people, um, but mm -hmm. certainly in, er in earlier years, 2018 and earlier, a lot of people used Bitfinex. How about the most popular, well, I would think the most popular exchange amongst mainstream crypto traders, which would be Coinbase. Mm -hmm. Would that be considered foreign or? Fortunately not. Uh, okay. Coinbase, uh, Gemini, GDAX, and a number of others are considered US-based. Uh, they have their principal office uh, in the US, and so they don't need to be disclosed on FBAR or FATCA forms. Okay, so how about FATCA? Can you describe that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about the FBAR, which is a separate form. It's not on your tax return, but the FATCA form is. It's actually form 8938. It's part of your tax return, so it's filed with your tax return. It's very similar to the FBAR, but it's not exactly the same. One of the first differences is that the threshold for FATCA is higher. So for the FBAR, your aggregate maximum uh, has to exceed $10,000. So aggregate meaning that when you add your bank accounts or crypto exchanges together, the maximum during the year exceeds $10,000. For FATCA, the threshold is $50,000 uh, for a single person. So instead of $10,000, you have to be over 50,000 to have to file FATCA. Uh, FATCA, just like the FBAR, is an informational form, which means, again, there's no tax due. The uh, government just wants to know the maximum value of each account. One of the other differences of FATCA versus the FBAR is FATCA is uh, more general. So FBAR only requires foreign bank accounts to be reported, whereas FATCA is both bank accounts and foreign assets. So if you owned uh, part of a foreign company, um, if you had uh, foreign rentals uh, in some situations, it would be disclosed on FATCA in addition to uh, bank accounts. So FATCA is, is more broad, but at the same time, the thresholds are higher. 
Okay. And uh, I know you mentioned it, but I think it's important to uh, reiterate that there's no fee associated with filing these forms. So you don't have to, if you file them and you exceed the aggregate values, you're not paying extra money. So that's important for people to understand. Now, on the flip side, there is a penalty for not reporting. So can you talk a little bit about the penalties for not reporting these forms? Yeah, yeah. So the FBAR form's been around actually for quite some time, decades. Um, And before the Department of Treasury uh, was in charge of uh, administering it, it was just a separate group called FinCEN. And the FBAR was originally designed to try to identify money laundering. Um, and eventually it turned into identifying tax crimes. But the penalty structures really haven't changed much. Um, the penalties for not filing an FBAR can be very severe. Um, one of the most basic penalties for not filing the FBAR is $10,000 per year. And this is for non-willful people. So people that didn't know of the requirement um, but still didn't file. If the IRS audits you and you didn't file your FBAR, um, one of the most basic penalties, again, is $10,000 per year. Wow. The IRS has discretion to make it uh, $10,000 per year per account. Now, that's if you're non-willful, meaning, again, you didn't know that you had to file the FBAR and uh, you just didn't file. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you were willful or you uh, just disregarded your requirement to file? Well, then the penalties can be even higher, um, up to 75% of the maximum value of your account or your exchange values. So it can be very severe. So while there's no tax, the penalties uh, are much greater. So it's one of those things that, you know, to, to comply with the rules, um, it's just an informational disclosure, um, not very costly generally to have an accountant prepare. But if you don't, the penalties can be very high. And that's on FBAR. And the FATCA form itself also has penalties, similar penalties as well. They're both separate penalties, right? So if you didn't file either of them, you could be looking at some lofty uh, penalties. Correct. Correct. So I'm sure a lot of people want to know, how will the IRS know whether you didn't file them willfully, didn't file them on purpose? How does the IRS enforce that? How do they know? Yeah. So one of the ways is foreign crypto exchanges are identifying themselves as foreign financial institutions and sharing that information. And again, the first one um, that um, most people are aware of is Bitfinex, which started um, sharing this information uh, last year. And so if, if the exchanges are turning over this information to the taxing authorities, that's obviously the most straightforward, obvious way that the taxing authorities will come to know of it. But even if uh, the information wasn't just handed over, you could be targeted just as a, a, in a random audit. So your tax return just randomly audited, and it would be very easy for the IRS to identify that you used foreign exchanges. Um, first, even just identifying crypto activity is fairly easy because typically uh, there's a, a, a bank account transaction mm-hmm. um, at some point. Um, but even from there, you know, one of the um, strengths but also weaknesses of blockchain is everything is transparent and the history is there forever. So um, a, a lot of crypto activity can just be traced and in a standard audit, it can be identified that you used foreign exchanges. So two ways. One, the exchanges are reporting and we expect in the coming years more and more foreign exchanges um, will be doing this. But then also just as part of standard audit or um, an inquiry into your tax return, it can be fairly easily identified. 
Right. You know, the penalty is lofty either way, um, willful or non-willful. But just out of curiosity, how do they determine who is willful, who is not? Do they just ask you, hey, did you know about FBAR and FATCA? So it's actually, it's complex. And there's a, a lot of different cases that have tested the definitions. Um, but overall, the standard for uh, willfulness or the to be, be able to prove that you are non-willful is very difficult because in general, if you file and sign your tax returns, you're signing under penalties of perjury that everything is correct, but also you have an obligation to know the requirements. Just saying I didn't know the law um, it isn't necessarily sufficient. And one of the other things that I guess I want to alert all the listeners to is when you're filing your tax return on Schedule B, uh, which is where interest and dividends are reported, on the bottom of that form, there's actually a couple questions. Uh, the first question is, uh, did you have any uh, foreign bank accounts? And then the second question is, if so, do you have an obligation to file an FBAR? And it's a yes or a no checkbox. And a lot of people have no just checked or their tax software has no check by default without ever really looking at this. And the IRS has found in several cases where check no, but in fact, you had these accounts or these, these requirements that you're willful. Hmm. You said no, but instead, a lot of people just overlooked this. They didn't know what it meant um, and just checked no or their software automatically did. So that's that's a big uh, red flag there is on Schedule B, uh, the, the checkboxes on the bottom. And that's interesting because so many people do try to do their own taxes, which is fine, but hopefully the, the softwares are catching up to a point where they're alerting people saying, hey, if you've traded crypto, maybe don't check no on this box. Right or look into the FBAR and FATCA requirements uh, further. And, and I guess you know, th that kind of goes back to one of the first questions, which is, has the IRS said that the FBAR and FATCA forms are required for crypto exchanges? Um, and there hasn't been any explicit guidance. You we haven't seen, like uh, again, back in 2014, the IRS uh, released uh, guidance. We haven't seen any explicit on crypto exchanges. But over the last couple of years, most practitioners have come to agreement that in fact, uh, uh, crypto exchanges should be reportable. And there has also been, while not official um, guidance from the IRS, there's been correspondence that practitioners have received that has basically indicated that the FBAR and FAT forms should be filed for crypto exchanges. Uh, in coming years, I hope, and uh, I would expect that there's some further guidance, but until then, um, most practitioners, and our firm included, would suggest filing the FBAR and FATCA uh, if you have foreign crypto exchanges or foreign crypto that exceed the threshold. Right. And that's generally what I've heard from other guests that have discussed this topic. But out of curiosity, has there have you heard of anybody who has have to pay a fee um, for not reporting their FBAR in terms of crypto? Have you heard of any cases? Not yet, um, but I would imagine they're occurring um, and they're going to be occurring more and, and more in the coming months in this tax season. Um, I think 2018 was really, you know, among the first, I'm sorry, 2017 was really among the first years where the IRS has started to increase enforcement in these areas. Although they've been auditing and looking at crypto in earlier years, I think it's really been the start um, in the last couple of years. And unfortunately, we also had the government shutdown and some other things that have slowed things down. 
-hmm. But I would expect this tax season, especially that we see more people being audited, uh, not only specifically related to crypto, but to uh, foreign filing requirements. Um, So I haven't personally seen it yet, but I would expect to the very short term. Interesting. And again, it's one of those things that it's fairly easy to do. You said Um, it's fairly inexpensive if you hire a tax attorney to, to do it for you. So it's one of those things to be better safe than sorry. Yep, absolutely. So now what if somebody hasn't, what if somebody's listening to this for the first time and they never have heard of FBAR and now they're worried because they traded crypto in previous years, they may have had over $10,000 uh, for the FBAR or 50 for the FATCA and they want to amend previous years. What, what should they do? Yeah. So overall, you know, I, I would suggest that if you had these requirements in earlier years to take corrective action, to amend or file um, the returns properly. And, and overall, that's my suggestion because, again, I do think it's going to be an area of increased enforcement for the IRS. And if you amend and then later on you are audited, you know, worst case situation, at least you've got everything on file that says correct as, as, as it could be. Um, which should alleviate or reduce any penalties or make that audit easier as well. So overall, it's my guidance that, you know, fix earlier years um, if if you've identified that there are issues. Um, But specifically in the area of FBAR and FATCA, um, there are some IRS programs that are available to come forward, file these forms for earlier years with a reduced or in some cases no penalty at all. What hmm. uh, and specifically the IRS streamlined offshore disclosure program. Um, under this program, you have to be non-willful, and you'll actually self-certify. So you'll sign a statement saying, "You know, I didn't file the FR because I basically didn't know." Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go through this program, and there are some other requirements to be aware of, um, you'll pay a five percent penalty on the maximum balance of your uh, foreign exchange. Uh, uh, value. So 5% is pretty high. You know, if you had $100,000, that's 5000 in penalty. Um, but really, in the scheme of things, it could be a lot worse. Um, there's not a late filing penalty. Um, there's, uh, if you actually didn't include some of your crypto transactions, again, it has to be non-willful, you made a mistake, but if you didn't include some of them, you could also um, amend your tax return as part of this program, and it's still the same 5% penalty. So it's a way that you can, if you have foreign exchange assets that need to be disclosed, pay a fairly minimal penalty, clean up uh, any of the old years, both FRs and tax returns. Okay. 5% does not seem like uh, too bad of a deal compared to 10000 or <laughs> 50000 It doesn't seem like a bad deal to me. I don't think so either. I actually, um, I would expect that at some point this IRS program will no longer exist or that penalty will go up, mm-hmm. um, but it's here now. And so, you know, it's, it's a great one to take advantage of if you uh, qualify. Okay, great. So do you have any other suggestions for people dealing with this? Any tips or any, um, anything else you'd like to share with people in this situation? Yeah. So I guess the number one tip is disclose. Again, uh, FBAR and FATCA are informational forms. There's no tax, which I know we've stressed many times. So it's better to err on the side of caution and to file these forms. Um, and, you know, find an accountant. Um, in many cases, it's, it's advisable to have an accountant or a professional do it rather than yourself, but file them. And then secondly, a question that I'm often asked is, how do you actually identify the maximums? It's really hard to do. Well, do your best is kind of the short answer that I have. 
um, actually on the FBAR, there's a checkbox for the account. If you don't know the maximum value, you can actually check a box that says it's unknown. Hmm. Um, so just not knowing the maximum is not an excuse, doesn't get you out of the requirement to file. Um, just do your best. And in some cases, most cases, you can estimate, uh, estimate pretty well um, you know, what those maximums are. Can somebody basically print off or export a form from their exchange and then they can look at their highest balance, you know, let's say they had three Bitcoin at one point, or they can kind of estimate what their highest balance is. And then all they really need at that point is the price at that date, right? Uh, The price of the coin on that date to see if they kind of reached that limit. So let's see the maximum they had was three Bitcoin and they had it in, you know, March of 2018, March 1st, 2018, they had three Bitcoin. Couldn't they basically just even using Bitcoin.tax, they could go in and see what three Bitcoin was worth, worth on March 1st, 2018 to see if they reached that, that number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it won't be, you know, exact, right? Because we could probably identify like spot prices and so forth, but it'll get you pretty close. Um, and so, you know, if you're right on the fence, you know, right at about 10,000, it may make sense to try to get more accurate to identify mm-hmm. are you over or not, or just err on the side of caution and just report it either way. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily a precise science. It, it can't be with crypto fluctuating and, you know, People could be trading in and out all day long. And so that value could be changing constantly. But, right. um, you know, just do your best. And if that means, you know, taking the day average uh, price and applying that, so be it. Right. And I know other guests have mentioned that um, there are two different thresholds for FBAR, single and married, right? There's a uh, 10,000 for single. And is it different if you have a spouse? Um, actually, for the uh, FBAR, it's the same. Um, it's $10,000, um, regardless. Okay. Um, so yeah, FR $10,000 and, and that's it. Um, so for the FATCA form 8938, that's a little bit different. Um, if you are married, it depends. So the FATCA has a bunch of thresholds. And so I'd encourage you to talk to your, your preparer about it. So if you're above the FR requirement, you may have FATCA. If you are not over the FR requirement, you may also have FATCA if you have other foreign assets, mm-hmm. but if you're only holding crypto, foreign crypto, if you don't have the FR, you don't have FATCA. For FATCA, there's different thresholds, actually four different. Depends on if you're living in the US or abroad uh, and then married or single, um, but the minimum is $50,000. And then depending on all the above, um, there's other thresholds. Okay, great. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Sure. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for sharing this information with our listeners. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, my Twitter is at accounting. So actually just the word accounting is the easiest way to find us on Twitter. Um, And then our website is gordonlawltd.com. Gordonlawltd.com. And you were able to secure the Twitter handle at accounting? Yes, I was. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for more podcasts related to cryptocurrency and taxation. If you want to request a topic or be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at Bitcoin.tax. Andrew, thanks again, man. Have a nice day. All right. Sure. Thank you. Yep.